let's lift our voice up. Magnify the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise His name. Glory to God. Amen. Let's say it together. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. The scripture says that the Lord is full of compassion. And His tender mercies are over all of His works. His tender mercies. His tender compassions are over all of His works. You and I are His workmanship. We are the handiwork of God. And we can obtain mercy in our time of need. Because His tender mercies are always available to those who call upon Him. Amen? The Bible says in Corinthians, the Father of all mercies. When you think about the mercy of God, amen. You know, He's got mercy for your soul. He's got peace for your mind. He's got mercy for your physical body. Amen? You know, some of us that were out in the world, seriously out in the world, doing a lot of things we shouldn't have been doing, may have picked up some things from the world, but oh, thank God, His tender mercies are over all His works. I can testify to you today that the mercy of God has kept me and is keeping me every day of my life. Hallelujah. His tender mercies. And you know, sometimes people feel as though, you know, they've been so bad that they just don't deserve it. And who am I to ask God for anything? Because after all, I'm, I'm paying for what I did. His tender mercies don't cost you a thing. But it cost him everything. He left his home in heaven and came to earth and gave his life as a ransom for all. So that you and I would not have to live with our heads down and feeling all bad and all condemned about a past that literally has been obliterated obliterated when you came into the kingdom of God. In Corinthians, he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. New creation, his workmanship, the handiwork of God. And that rest of that verse says that old things are passed away. You and I are not the people we used to be. We belong to a new family. Hallelujah. We've got a new identity. We've been identified with Christ. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And then he told us about something about how he's going to live his life. He says, and the life that I now live. He wasn't referring to what he was, Saul of Tarsus. He says, the life that I now live, I'm living by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Oh, the mercy of God. Hallelujah. I think we ought to just praise him a little longer. I think we ought to worship him a little more. Ha ha. 
Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He renews your youth like an eagle. Oh, aren't you glad for the mercy of God? Oh, hallelujah. Let's worship Him just a little bit longer tonight. Glory to God. Partakers tonight of His divine mercies. We are partakers of His divine nature. Created in the image and likeness of God. Partaking of all that has been bought and paid for, for us. Amen. And so it's good to remind yourself of the mercies of the Lord. Amen. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. And uh, we'll go ahead and just look at a few scriptures tonight. Lamentations, the third chapter. How is everybody tonight? Everybody doing good? Y'all looking great? Thank God for being able to gish the faradeje la por of the nandele bestea. Thank God for being able to come together and step into the presence of the Lord. Amen? And to be encouraged and to be refreshed. You know, that's what happens in the day where the scripture talks about times of refreshing. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? You know, when you think about Moses, Moses basically told the Lord, he said, I know that you want me to go in and step up and be the man that leads the people out of Egypt into the promised land. But Lord, I've got to have your presence. And he said, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm just flat not going. How many of you feel like that? If God, hey, if God's not in something, if God's not on something, we just flat ain't going to go for it. Amen. Let's go in the presence of God. Another way you could say it is this way. Let's go with the leading of God. Let's go with God on what we're doing and in what we're doing. Amen? That's really important. And uh, one of the ways that you discover whether God is on it and God is in it is you can just sense it by His presence. And one of the things that... uh, One of the earmarks, if you will, of His presence is peace. Amen? So when you're going through life and you you have multiple decisions to make and you have those uh, things that you need to, you know, move forward on or not move forward on, a great thing to follow is follow after peace. Follow after that inward witness, that inward peace on the inside of you. Amen? That's where the presence of the Lord is. He's living on the inside of us. Amen. And, and he'll, he'll let you know what's right and what's wrong, what's safe, and what's not safe. Is that right? How many of you can testify that, that you've just uh, you followed the presence of the Lord and you had peace and it was the right thing to do? Yeah. Now, your head will give you some trouble. But how many of you know we are not a head? We are not a head any more than we are not a body. We have a head. Amen. We live in a physical body, but you and I are spirit beings. Amen. So God leads us forth with the peace of God. Hallelujah. 
the peace of God. Everyone say the peace of God. That passes all understanding. It's keeping my heart. And it's keeping my mind. Through Christ Jesus. And really that's part of the mercy of God. It's part of the mercy of God. That we've been able not to miss it. And another part of the mercy of God is when we have missed it, we can obtain mercy in the midst of our mistakes. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lamentations, the third chapter, and uh, in verse uh, 21, I love this. He says, this I recall to my mind. In other words, this I bring to my remembrance. This is something that I need to remind myself of. We sang the song, Forget Not All His Benefits. Amen? It's possible to forget His benefits. It's possible to forget about the mercy of God. It is of the Lord's mercies. This is called a mind. Therefore, I have hope. This gives me a confident, favorable expectation for my tomorrow When I call this to my mind, it is of the Lord's mercies that what? Aren't you glad that you weren't consumed by drugs? Aren't you glad that you weren't consumed by alcohol? Amen? Aren't you glad that you weren't consumed by making wrong steps and making a bad step and ending up dead in some sort of an accident? Thank God. For the mercies of God. Hallelujah. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. And what does the rest of the verse say? Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. Did you know that God is committed to you? Through blood covenant? He is committed to you. Now, Abraham was in covenant with God, was he not? And Abraham prayed that Sodom and Gomorrah would be spared. And God listened to him because they were on talking terms. Look over at Genesis chapter 18. God is on talking terms with His blood covenant kids. In Genesis, the 18th chapter, we notice some things here about Abraham, this covenant brother with the Lord. Amen? In covenant with God. And I want you to notice in verse 16, it says, And the men rose up from thence, and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, now listen to this, this is covenant talk, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? A covenant-keeping God will not hide things from his covenant brothers. Amen. If we will listen and if we will walk in this glorious covenant. Amen. Notice in verse 18. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become what kind of a nation? A great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth, they shall be blessed in him. Oh, no, notice, here's another phrase. For I know him. For I know him. I've come here to talk to Abraham because I know him. I am confident in my covenant partner. I know him. I know him that he will command his children and household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken 
of him. Why would this great God come and discuss his intentions with Abraham? Because he knew him. That's a compliment. God said, I'll know he'll do something. I know Abraham has a heart of love, a heart of compassion, and everyone say a heart of mercy. God knew that when he came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, that his covenant partner would stand on the side of the people. He knew that he would stand in the gap. He knew that he would intercede. Somebody says, well, that's awesome and that's wonderful. Abram was the friend of God. Well, did you know that God calls you his friend? So he says, give me scripture. John said it like this. Greater love has no man than this. Then a man laid down his life for who? For his friends. We sing a song, I am a friend of God. Are you a friend of God? Can God discuss his intentions with you? He said, I know him. Hallelujah. Friendship's a precious thing. How many know Abraham did not want judgment for that city? No more than we want judgment for San Francisco. I don't want judgment for the Bay Area. I want mercy for the Bay Area. I do not want darkness to overtake the Bay Area. I want the grace of God and the glory of God to come in such a shocking manner that it shakes people out of their darkness and people run to the light. The Bible says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain... What are they going to get? Now notice verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very pleasant. No. Their sin is very grievous. Can God be grieved? Can the Holy Spirit be grieved? Verse 21. And I will go down now and see whether... They have done altogether according to the cry of it. Pay particular attention to that phrase. According to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. I want you to pay particular attention to what the Scripture is saying to us tonight. God mentions a cry that arose from Sodom and Gomorrah. The Amplified says, And the Lord said, Because the shriek of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is exceedingly grievous. The word shriek there means cry. You know, in the Bible, if you look at it, there's a lot of cries mentioned in the Word of God. There is the cry of faith. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He once said that there's something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to one person who is in faith. I submit to you, you are a friend of God and as you cry out in faith to your covenant-keeping God, it'll bring Him right on the scene. Hallelujah. And that's the mercy of God. And that's the favor of God. So the cry of faith 
What does it do? It invokes a blessing. It invokes a blessing. Now the word invoke means to call forth, to put into operation, or to bring about. You've heard of someone being asked to give the invocation. That's a prayer. And what does that prayer do? It is to call down blessing on the meeting. And there's a whole lot of meetings in the USA right now that need blessing. But sin also cries out to God. And it brings Him on the scene as well. Rather than invoking God, sin provokes God. The cry of sin in Sodom and Gomorrah provoked judgment. The word provoke means to incite to anger. It means to stir up on purpose. It means to poke. You know, we have two boys. They're not boys anymore. One's 38 and 36. I had a young man in my office yesterday and he wants to start a church in Hayward and he asked me what Hayward needs. <laughs> well, Hayward needs Jesus. Yeah. Hayward needs the glory. Yeah. Hayward needs the mercy of God. Just like any city. But I thought of John. Here's this 38-year-old guy talking to me like a son to a father. And it was a very, very interesting conversation. But I can remember when John and James were little, they'd poke at one another. And the more that they would poke at one another, it would draw out some wrath. <laughs> James may run into our room and say, Mom, Dad, John's poking me. Well, sin provokes God and it calls forth wrath and judgment. This side of the gospel is not preached very much, but it needs to be preached. We're not happy about judgment. We can stand in the, in the gap to invoke and to keep judgment away. Only by the mercy of God. Now it's going to come in other ways in many fashions, but you and I have got a job to do right here, right now. Notice verse 22. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But I love this. But Abraham, what did he do? Abraham stood before the Lord. He stood up. I believe the body of Christ needs to stand up, don't you? And Abraham drew near and said this. Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Some famous negotiations begin here. <laughs> In verse 24, Peradventure there be fifty righteous. What's he doing? He's pleading his case. Abraham did not want Sodom and Gomorrah to be destroyed. Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? Look at this. This is bold talk. When you're a friend with God, you will discover that sometimes God will say to you, well, I'll do whatever you say. That comes by relationship. That comes by fellowship. And that comes to a person that has a pure heart because whatever you say is not going to be something that would be wrong. Verse 25, That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do what? Do right. do right. And the Lord said, Okay, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then will I spare all the place for their sakes. 
Verse 27, And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty. Wilt thou also destroy the city for a lack of five? And he said, If I find forty and five, I will not destroy it. In verse 29, And he spake unto him yet again. He was pretty persistent, wasn't he? You know, we've got to be more persistent in prayer. And he spake unto him again and said, Peradventure there be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there be thirty found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty. Wow. It's whittling down, isn't it? And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there be twenty. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. Verse 32. Oh, let not the Lord be angry, for I will yet speak unto this one more time. Peradventure ten be found there. He said, I will not, oh my goodness, destroy it for ten's sake. There's more than ten here. Come on, somebody. I said there's more than ten here. Sometimes we think we have to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in a prayer meeting. Sometimes thousands and thousands of people can get in the way, get in the way of the presence. Oh, but if you'll stand up before the Lord and know who you are and pray the will of God. Hallelujah. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Verse 33. And the Lord went his way. And as soon as he had left communion with Abraham, Abraham returned to his place. Fifty to ten. Evidently, Abraham must have been confident there were at least ten there, but there weren't. The question is this. If God is so merciful... Why was Sodom and Gomorrah still destroyed? The answer is this. God did not stop granting. Abraham stopped asking. Oh, brothers and sisters, we better not stop asking. We better not stop asking for rain in the time of the latter rain. We better not stop asking for the souls and the hearts of men and women. We better not stop asking for supernatural interventions into the ordinary course of nature. How many of you know we need God? I truly believe this, that God would have spared the city for Abraham's sake if he went down to one. Now, why is that? Because it's what Micah 7, 18 says. Let's look over at Micah 7 and verse 18. Micah, the seventh chapter in the 18th verse, talks about something... That is so important here, and it corresponds, if you will, with how we started out in talking a little bit about the mercy of God and exhorting along that line. In Micah, the seventh chapter, in the 18th verse, let's read it together. Ready, read. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever. Notice with me that last phrase there. It does not say he delights in judgment. He delights in mercy. I'm proof positive of that. I'm looking at you tonight. And you are proof positive of the fact that he delights in mercy. Hallelujah. And then look at Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 11. This is another great verse here. There's mercy for your daily life. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel in the 33rd chapter, and we'll wait till it gets up there because we want to read it together as well. Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Let's read it. Go ahead. Say unto them, 
As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for, for why will you die, O house of Israel? We could speak that to Oakland. We could speak that to San Jose. We could speak that to San Francisco. We could speak that to Hayward. God's desire is for a sinner to repent. To turn from their wicked ways and to live. Oh, hallelujah. Can God save the rankest of the rankest sinner? Can God turn the heart of a man or a woman that has abused people? Turn from your wicked way and live. So we see here that the, the heart of God is displayed over and over again throughout Scripture. How many of you remember a guy by the name of Enoch? I want you to stand up and tell them about Enoch. That's not funny. Come on up here, sweetie. You look so cute tonight. You know, it's good to have a, a preacher wife who can tell some good stories. He's making fun of me because those of you that were at the prayer meeting. Yeah. Those of you that were at the prayer meeting last yeah. Thursday, I told, told this, and I said Enoch. And he always says that I always shorten words and names, which I do, but... His name was Enoch. Y'all remember Enoch. The Bible talks Why about Why do you that. shorten your words? Because you're from the South? Uh, that's a characteristic. It is. So the Bible talks about him, this guy, Enoch. Any of you know the story about him? The Bible says that he walked with God. Enoch walked with and God. And he was, he was not. He's the only person that we know of in the Bible that was literally translated. He had such close communion with God. He's walking along w one day with God, and he just walked right on in to glory. Wow. So that's pretty close fellowship. But he also, if you'll study the Bible, the Lord God told Enoch that judgment was going to come upon the earth. And back in Bible times, they named their children a lot of times according to what was happening in their lives or something that had been told to them. Well, Enoch had a son. Does anybody know? If you were here Thursday night, you'll know. But it, I'll tell you what his name was, and you are going to be blessed. His name was Methuselah. And God told Enoch, judgment is coming. And Enoch named his son Methuselah. And Methuselah's name literally means judgment is coming. But the thing that stands out to me, it just blesses me because it's such a picture of what Pastor is saying, God's mercy. He doesn't delight in judging sin. He doesn't delight in people dying and all of that. So he tells this man that's walking so close to him, Enoch, judgment is coming. Enoch names his son, judgment is coming. Does anybody know anything about Methuselah? Methuselah was the oldest recorded man wow. to ever walk on earth. He lived 969 years. Name, judgment is coming. 969 years. God's waiting for people to repent. Giving them that space. Showing his mercy. Enoch had a, a son by the name of, and his name's Lucy. I, what, what was Noah's dad's name? I, it's, anyway, he had a grandson. What was his name? Lamech. Enoch had a son named Lamech. Lamech had a son named Noah. That many generations later, after God said, Judgment is coming. We know it was at least over a thousand years. 
before Noah built the ark and judgment came. God is a merciful God. You know, but the one thing about this is we don't have a thousand years. No. <laughs> I wouldn't press the envelope. I get in under the mercy of God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Time is short. Time is short. God's mercy endureth forever, but we don't live forever. People don't live forever. So that's why we have to cry out for mercy, that they'll get their lives right while there's still time. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So it's much like the days of Noah now. You know, it's much like the same time. The only way to be free from what's coming upon this earth is to get into the ark. To get to run to the ark. That's right. To run to Jesus and and try to get as many people as you possibly can to go with you. Now not everyone's not not everyone's gonna make it. Not everyone's gonna get in there. But we do want we do not want to think about those that are not going to get in. We want to do our level best to occupy until he comes. And to see to it that we can get as many people possibly as possible in the ark. Amen? Amen. And it will come stronger and stronger and stronger in the days ahead. Sin is abounding. But on the other hand, grace is much more abounding. Evil will try to overcome... But those that are in covenant with God will not be overcome with evil. They will overcome evil with good. You know, we had a full day yesterday at the office and multiple meetings and all sorts of things. And we're driving home. And I said, you know, honey, it just seems to me like time is running out. It's just in, in my heart. It just seems to me in my spirit that the end is coming close. It's coming close. It's not a time for us to play church. It's a time for us to rise up. To stand before the Lord. And to give it all we've got. Because there's coming a time where we will not be able to give it all we got because we'll be out of here. So are you trying to condemn us with this message? No, I'm just trying to encourage you. The only hope for judgment to be averted is for someone to stand in the gap for them. And make intercession. Let's look over at Ezekiel chapter 22. Verse 30 and 31. And we've got a big major prayer meeting happening on Sunday morning at 9.30. And then we also have a huge prayer meeting coming up next Thursday at 7 p.m. before Easter. I'm telling you what. We've invited the community, but an invitation isn't going to save them. We've got to have the power of God and the presence of God Amen. and the anointing of God in our That's service. So I'm asking as many people as possibly can to be in the prayer meeting. And somebody says, well, Pastor, I need prayer. Yeah, I know you need prayer. We all need prayer. But we don't want to have that kind of mi mindset of being so needy, 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 needy. I need, I need, I need. Everybody in this auditorium needs prayer. But you'll find... That when you extend yourself and you extend your heart out to others, something happens on the inside of you. The joy of the Lord starts springing up in you again. Amen? And where once things looked hopeless, now you have hope. Ezekiel 20, verse 30 and 31. Let's read it together. 
And I sought for a man among them should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Verse 31. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. In these verses, we can see that God Himself sought for someone to stand in the gap for the land. But when no one was found, judgment was poured out. It's important to notice what God's will was in this, in this matter. God's will is that someone would stand up in the gap so that the land would not be destroyed. You and I need to equip ourselves with an understanding of God's will. When we go before Him to make intercession on behalf of other people, God's highest and God's best is that people turn to Him. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack. How many of you know He's not a slacker? The Lord is not slack. He's not a slacker. Concerning His promise, as though some men count slackness, but is long suffering. Everyone say, My God is long, long suffering. He's long suffering to usward. That's the mercy of God. Not willing that we should perish, but that all should come to what? To repentance. You see, your prayers give God access into places into hearts that he cannot go unless someone asks him. John Wesley said, it seems that God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Do we got any askers here tonight? We should be asking big. So how do we pray for the lost? How do we pray for hurting people? Number one, we must remember that Jesus has already paid the price for their salvation. Number two, we misunderstand that salvation is free. That God's not willing that any man should perish. That we don't have to talk God into a notion of saving Him because He's already done it. We rise up and we stand in the gap with the promises of God and we cry out for mercy. We pray that spiritual darkness would be removed. How many of you know your prayers can make a big difference? John G. Lake. Anybody ever heard of a guy by the name of John G. Lake? John G. Lake was a powerful, powerful man of God. He was an apostle to the nation of Africa. And an apostle is one that is sent. An apostle is a sent one. An apostle is not one that just went. An apostle is one that has been sent. Amen? There's a difference between going because it's the popular thing to do and being sent by God. Being sent on a mission. He was an apostle. He was an apostle to Africa. He would be in Johannesburg. And one day, looking out of his hotel room, he looked at the lights of villages from his room and he asked the question to God, God, how do we reach these people? How do we do this? Anybody ever felt like that? You just go drive across the Oakland Bay Bridge. Go drive across the Golden Gate Bridge. If that doesn't stir you for souls, I don't know what will. 
He's looking at all these lights in the villages and he says, God, how do we, how do we reach these people? And here's what the Lord spoke to him. The Lord said this, the church, which is my body. That was his answer. And he went back to the Lord three times wanting to make sure that he heard right. He said, Lord, how do we reach these people? And three times the Lord said, the church which is my body. And all of a sudden the lights went on for John G. Lake. What God was saying to him is this, the power to reach these people would only be made possible through the prayers of the saints. Through the body of Christ coming together and praying heaven down to earth and praying an awakening in Africa. John G. Lake said, you know, there was a... This was coming to him. He said there was a generator that was producing power to hundreds of villages and it was it was up the river it was a ways away he thought yep our prayers bring power our prayers bring revelation our prayers bring light into dark hearts how many of you know that satan blinds people's eyes he blinds their minds he blinds their hearts But your prayers and my prayers, it brings light. Say with me, my prayers can bring light. When you get a revelation of this, your life will no longer be sluggish. You'll no longer just live for nine to five and to go home and eat some popcorn and watch four or five hours of television before you crash. When God gets a hold of your soul, And when souls mean a lot to you, you will not fall asleep in church like some of you are tonight. But you will be a man or a woman that is stirred up. Because you know the day is at hand. Let us put off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light because the night is far spent and the day is at hand. I think there needs to be an awakening literally in the church in some of you tonight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 3 and 4 it says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this world is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. The plot of the devil is to hide the truth of the gospel. You know, if most people knew how much God loved them and how merciful and how good Jesus really was, they'd run to Him and want to be born again. So our prayers pulls power down to where it's needed, into nations, into cities, and into individuals. And you know what? We've got a helper on the inside of us that'll help us pray. Stand up, everybody. Praise the Lord. That's enough for tonight. Glory to God. Amen. Father, tonight, in response to the the teaching of the Word of God, we just cry out for mercy for the Bay Area. We stand in the gap tonight asking, Lord, for a glorious, glorious awakening from the North Bay to the South Bay to the East Bay to every city, to every village in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are praying right now that the mercies, your tender mercies would be seen and that Jesus, hallelujah, would be glorified 
and that people would come into the kingdom of God. Let's just pray just for a few moments tonight. In the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and stir yourself up a little bit. Glory to God. Even if you have to do it by faith, just stir yourself up a little bit. Lord, we're stirred for the hearts of men and women. Lord, we know that there are many needs in our lives, but we thank you that you are the great need meter. We pray, Lord. We pray, Lord God. In the mighty name above every name, in the name of Jesus, we claim the hearts, we claim the souls of men and women. Lord God, even on this Easter Sunday coming up, we call in people from our community in Jesus' name. We call them in to a absolute connection, an absolute understanding and an awakening of the risen Savior, Lord. Oh, brekishte mandai, merato samre de gelevrando, manglo prate stelebrede, in the mighty name above every name, the mighty name above every name. Say it with me, Jesus, you have given us authority. You have given us dominion. And so we stand before you tonight and we take our place in prayer and in dominion asking for mercy. Asking for mercy for this area. And in Jesus' name, we bind up all those principalities, all those powers, all those rulers of the darkness of this age, any wicked spirit that holds people in bondage, we bind you in the name of Jesus and we loose the light. We loose the gospel in Jesus' name. We call him in. Come on, saints, let's call him in. We call him out of darkness. We call them out of darkness. We call them out of darkness into the kingdom. Out of darkness, out of bondage, into the kingdom of God. We prophesy, let there be light in the Bay Area. Oh, brikishte mandole vrede mande. Oh, brikishte le brando la masea. Oh, mandi gelebreke de bosonde. Mangelebroto la basaya. Thank you, Lord, for a harvest, a harvest of souls. Lord, we thank you that you said in your word, ask of me, ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. We're asking, Lord, we're asking for the hearts of men and women. We're asking for those that are in great darkness to see a great light. We are asking people to come out of the the gay communities. We're asking them to come out of prostitution. We are asking for people to come out of religions that are bound by deception. We're asking for people to come out of Islam. People to come out of the Ramasomredishtemanaya. We ask, Lord, we stand before you tonight. And we ask big because we know that you are a big God. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, brikishtemanai. Omro dishtele brandai. Yela mondo. Yela mondo lede. Yeah. Ne sabono. Mekrabaso tore neshe. Lemron dolabasia. Just, listen carefully, just as there have been and there shall be notable miracles that have happened in the past and shall happen in the future, so shall there be notable salvations. There shall be men and women of notoriety, known for sin, known for leaders in other religions, there shall be notable miracles in the area of salvation. Ha, ha, ha. 
It shall come as a breakthrough and many shall follow them in to the kingdom of God. Men and women of great influence shall come. It shall be notable. It shall not only happen in this place, but it shall happen all around the Bay Area. Men and women of means, men and women that have been so rich with wealth and have trusted in their money, they'll come in, saith the Lord. We call them in. We call them in. We call them in. Oh, my, 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 my. It's not just about this church. It's about His body. It's about the church around the Bay Area. Notable miracles. Everyone said notable miracles. Notable salvations. Oh, Brekish Sema. Indezeponaya. Now I got my tongue hooked up with my spirit again. And the word influence is what I'm looking at and looking for. Men and women of influence. Men and women of leadership positions. Notable, notable salvations. And that influence that they've had in those areas shall now influence others to come to Christ. Hallelujah. Ah, notable miracles. Notable miracles. Glory to God. Just like Nicky Cruz got saved. He was a notable sinner in New York City. He was a notable drug addict. And when Dave Wilkerson went in there and ministered life in those arenas, in those areas, and Nicky got saved, his influence caused a whole ton of people to come into the kingdom of God. (laughs) Glory to God. And there are teen challenges all throughout the nation. Hallelujah. We need to believe God big, guys. We need to see the big picture. We need to see the God picture. Oh, I tell you. Glory. Come on. Let's pray just a little bit more. They're coming. They're coming. Coming in. Coming in. Coming in. Ha ha. Yeah. Gang members. Kingpins. <laughs> we call in the kingpins. We call in even those that have been involved in Hell's Angels. We call them in. We call them into the kingdom. We call them out of darkness in Jesus' name. Oh, breke sebre de mandaya. Oh, That's right, Jonathan. We loose the labors. The labors in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus said, Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth labors into the harvest. So let's just ask tonight in closing. Lord, we ask you for Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, tongue-talking, interceding, Bible-believing, devil-casting out, divine healing, labors. Labors. Labors to go. Labors to reap a harvest in Jesus' name. Yes, and I did it. And it's not just those of evil influence, yeah. not just those involved in gangs and criminal activity, yep. but I heard it in my spirit when Pastor was praying heads of corporations. Presidents Amen. of corporations, people that of influence in the media, people not only of influence, but people of means. We often say the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just, and that's true. But God's more interested in the sinner than he is in their wealth. And yep. so people of influence that have means, influence and means, we want them to come into the kingdom and their money will come with them. Yeah. Now listen very carefully. T.L. Osborne said this that healing is the dinner bell. Yeah, that's true. 
I believe that in these days, not only in this place, but all over the Bay Area, yeah, yeah, yeah. God's doing so much in the Bay Area. Aren't you glad about it? Yes. yes. Thank God for what He's doing. Yes. Thank God for what He's doing in the USA. Yes. Amen. But I believe this. People that really are desperate for healing. That's true. In-stage cancer. Don't know a thing about the Lord. They'll hear about places like this. They'll hear about other churches where Jesus is glorified. And the glory and the presence are in manifestation. I believe it with all my heart. They'll walk into places like this and other places. And the Spirit of the Lord will just touch them. And they'll be healed by the power of God. And I'm talking about without any man touching them. I'm talking about the Spirit of the Lord being so strong in a place where it just comes in and envelops and removes anything of the curse off their life. Amen. Don't you know that God will heal a sinner? He'll heal a sinner. It happens all the time in crusades across the world. Where the simple good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached and people's eyes are open. The lame walk. Lives that were broken become whole again. They get healed many times before they get saved. Hallelujah. Well, let's raise our hands. As you can tell, we're excited in this place. We're excited in this place. Amen. Sometimes you need messages like this to stir the saints up. Amen? There's resistance to messages like this. But thank God we're going to keep on with it. Amen? Glory to God. Well, you may be seated.